All right, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. Uh, my name is Mark. You can follow me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also follow me on social media at NoClutchNate and also my toy photography page, uh, Clutch Figures, on Instagram. And today we are covering Man of Steel, minute number seven. And in this minute, it starts with Jor-El swan diving into the Genesis chamber. And it ends with Jor-El breaching the pool with the codex in his hand mm-hmm. and i have a lot of questions about this right, because even it. now uh viewing man of steel four years later a lot of questions here um and i think a lot of people do because uh when i went to go do research on the genesis chamber and the growth codex and all that i guess people can actually comment on those fan wiki things that they set up for man of steel and whatnot and even that was like loaded with comments of people going, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, I don't get it. Like, what does this all mean? And like people trying to help each other, trying to figure out what this, how this plays into Man of Steel and Superman for now on. Like, yeah, what's going on here? And uh, do you, do you know? Much yeah, about I, what's going I, yeah, on? I did a little bit of research in this scene because um, it is, it is a lot of stuff we're seeing. I mean, even with it just being like, um, like how, how how great the cinematography looks or you know the cgi or whatever you want to call it it's still a lot that's happening that a lot of these things uh have names a lot of them are are actual working things along with uh with what goes on in this minute with all these babies that are that we see and such i feel like this is like the epitome of superman lives in man of steel you think in my opinion because it's like this is crazy yeah this it's is, a, it's like what's what's happening i don't here? think there's a part in the film after this that i'm like no that's that's to me is this is the epitome of superman lives this was yeah. like well i mean people have already been known that, that that um that if you read if you're a fan of the, the book series or anything like that or superman lore that like krypton has been doing this kind of genesis chamber for for many years and like you've already known it but you never really saw it you just kind of saw them kind of clone baby status kind of deal and okay. um but that was only in like you know uh like flashback kind of deal yeah this isn't you know superman only saw this one time later on in the film and, and still it's it's like what the hell is going on so compared to and we get to see it a couple more times so compared to graphic novels of superman mm-hmm. and books that you've read is this the most in-depth of the codex and the way that they create life on krypton or yes if you if you do the research <laughs> okay if you're just watching it it's sort of from my opinion if you're just watching it it's sort of just a really good idea and made it look cool like like took the idea of this kind of birthing chamber uh, almost cloning facility kind of deal mm-hmm. and mix it into what we already have seen of of krypton being this organic life force kind of deal and what would that be like and this is kind of what we're seeing it looks like uh like 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 tree branches, kind of underwater tree branches, seaweed yeah, coming uh, off from, you know, and little polyps. It's not of like Attack of the Clones, Camino cloning facility. No, but you would think that was what it would be like. That's what and, I, um, when exa- I... Exactly, because they're so far see... advanced in technology that we've already seen and that we know of Krypton and Kandor that you would think they would be all machinery and computers, but no, definitely. They're, they're definitely keeping to the, the organic side of things. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be that they, that they realize that their normal... 
body exterior is all soft flesh and and kind mm-hmm. of easily uh easily disturbed by krypton's harsh uh gravity climate temperatures and such that they almost had to look at say like beetles or, or bugs that have exoskeletons and adapted that onto themselves yeah those with their are armor those, that they wear uh, and everything like living parasites or are those like robots what the, oh those are called aquabots actually so they are they're both uh, organic and cybernetic which much like a lot of these um robots that we're kind of seeing minus Kelex and Keylor. they're they're straight up technology mm-hmm. without i mean with regards to the liquid geo that they have um and they're just there to take care of the their their sole purpose be- is there to take care of the babies they do have a security kind of uh frequency to them like if if anything were to be disturbed by them because uh, we i mean jor definitely yeah it's, it's definitely <laughs> like winding and creaky you don't think you don't really see it but you would think jor would probably be bumping into these babies and bumping into some of these uh these uh these branches that are out and floating around and stuff that's but, probably um, why he didn't take haraka because he said haraka could swim because it had gills and stuff right i it was t- well it had it had aquatic wings from or it had wings from the so aquatic could just kind like, of thing so maybe it could have it could swim could i don't i don't know dived in i'm not entirely sure what krypton's water situation is at this time i don't know if they have well, aquatic beasts i don't even know if that is water yeah so okay. i don't even know if if they didn't even have water around or anything or no it's not really water it's 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 like a goo gel kind of deal baby goo birthing gel you know <laughs> that they have it's like take that uh take that gel that they put on you know before you get a sonogram and just add a bunch of water to it and just make a giant pool. And then just put babies in it. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. So, he's swimming around and he's bumping into them. So, um, so these security things actually do take notice of him, these Aquabots. And um, they kind of just realize that their programming is more 100% focused on the future of Krypton. So, it is protecting these babies, but it's also... maintaining them so most of them are focused on cleaning up anything that's falling in the water like debris whatnot you know there's a battle going around in the sky uh algae gunk anything that's on like the uh the walls of of this this place that's supposed to be clean and pure for these these children well maybe that's i was gonna say if they were natural beings well scratch that because i mean there's no natural beings left on krypton that are besides kryptonians right? right i was gonna say maybe the algae is like the mutual symbiosis where they get to take care of the kids, and they also get to eat algae and like, it could be like their. Oh yeah, I kind of sucker fish kind of deal. Yeah, but probably maybe not. I don't know. They seem what are, the things that I read. They were just kind of cleaning it and stuff. Yeah, there's like robots. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, there's. I have another note on the Aquabots. They keep the safe from the chambers. Yada 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 yada. Um. So yeah, there was. Uh, it's an interesting note. Nothing really. Yeah, interesting note about the Aquabots. They come in, in fact, and they're they're, I was, uh, they're taking them in there. So I kind of looked at this and I was like, oh, so this is what a uh, organic computer looks like. When yeah, like, this thing is cloning Kryptonians, but the way that they went about it was not like Attack of the Clones or Jurassic World, where they have like the all white engine labs yep. and like here's this like uh, newborn child like three D printed like they use it like this giant tree structure and underwater and like organic branches and Mm -hmm. the kids are born or like they're i guess nursed yeah they're 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 genetically they're incubated in in that genesis chamber yeah um Uh, did you have a quote before we get to the actual codex uh, um hang on hang on no that's just the codex yeah no they but like um what they did about the kids they kind of uh they they how they were made of course because they said like normal natural birthing wasn't an option for them they kind of just took 
the best of the best and mashed it up and made a perfect Kryptonian child from that. So that's kind of, I mean, they're not like, well, just, just sitting there. So this was like my other question in doing research was, so they're using this codex to basically duplicate Kryptonians and like birth this race. Yeah. How is everyone allowed to be different? Are there no... Like, so, like, why isn't it, like, a Borg colony kind of deal? Yeah, like, why Why do Zod, Laura Lorvan, everyone in the council, Jor-El, they, they have their own qualities as a person. Um, so not everyone just looks like Russell Crowe and yeah. Ayelet Zurer. And, like, what does it, does the Codex itself know how to make each individual person distinct in 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 phenotypes like physical well they genetics well you you do have parents like you have a mom and a dad which are predetermined couples that they take their genes from and put it into the birthing chambers into the the, and 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 the codex mixes with all that into the in in the genesis chamber and it it gives that the codex gives them the best of the best of krypton but your looks and i guess other the other half of genetics come from your two parents that so that they can at least seem unique yeah so you so you are so you do have that that identity but you're also given a job at birth so it's also you know almost taking it away from you and and we only see superman uh lara and 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 jor-el pretty much Kara as well but um but you don't see many people other than zod and everything that and 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 we do see it in zod but like coming out from birth with this preordained you know classification that you have to do you almost seem robotic. And, of course, you know, at this dying planet, we already saw it in Zod a couple minutes ago, his preordained is military. Yeah, the and, programming and it's, that it, they're it's his coded in. I mean, yeah. exactly. So he has no other option but to respond with force. So it kind of gives them that individuality a little bit more. Maybe Jor-El, his only respondent is, I have to think this out logically and then yeah. he becomes way more radical compared crazy, to other people and, and that, that aren't thinking like him because they're not in this 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 situation of, of life or death is laura lorvan a scientist she is a uh scholar librarian i think i had it in a previous minute not a librarian but something of the long lines yada 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 but not politics she is a descendant of the noble lord nara and uh, she became a scholar and a librarian. Yeah, she's not politics. Nope. She huh. just became. She became a um, uh, uh, teacher. Not a teacher. A librarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, just librarian just sounds so lame. And I guess that's why they put scholar. Like I mean, but her thought process is there. Of course, well, she's like probably she probably like saw Joel and was like, all right, well, where's your evidence and where's your notes? Here it is. All right, well, let me read it real quick because you know I'm a scholar. And she's like, oh, snap, son, you're right. <laughs> you know, that's probably how that conversation went. Cool. Philosopher? Well, I, I don't know. Well, she didn't, you know, publish anything that, like, people thought, you know, son is round. <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of deal. They weren't like, oh, shit, you know, Laura, she said that. <laughs> oh, fuck, you guys remember Gravity? No, we didn't have that before, Laura. So only Jor-El is super popular on Candor and, like, kind of... Well, I in mean, high regards. Well, well, no. Well, Lara is in high regards because of her bloodline and her family. She was a descendant of the of the nobleman. And um, I read another thing where uh, when when Jor-El's father was told that the grandmother was was a lord Nara, she wanted to choose Jor-El after the first husband died. 
um, Jor-El's father was like, oh, I'm, I'm very pleased that you chose the House of El. So it's, so it's almost an honor hmm. to be a Lorvan. So now we have the woman that can help fund all his crazy experiments. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, yeah, and also, um, oh my gosh, you know, we see it in, like, especially other Superman fans, like Kara's uh, father and mother, um, Superman's aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. They were very highly regarded, and they were uh, still considered extremists in their ways. But they also sent yeah. their child in a baby space pod. <laughs> yeah, they sent them before Cal got sent. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it... Um, I think we talked about... No, I'm, no, well, I don't really know in this universe, but and it's also been retconned a bunch, but I think now... No, I think that's in the TV show. I think in the TV show they say that she was sent directly after cal but she's older she was sent as a teenager they were sent at like the same time like cal went and then Kara went but her hers was too close to hers her her in leaving the... the planet in the atmosphere was too close to the planet imploding that the shockwave messed her ship up and she was lost in space for a bunch and that's why the cal cw one first. right i think that's what's yeah. happened in the cw, in the CW one yeah you watched it i i watched season one i haven't seen season two because i used to watch them all on hulu and they um they yeah, because cable. Yeah, yeah, and so now I have to wait till the seasons are over now before they get thrown onto Netflix, and then I can watch it. All right, fair which enough. Which I hate very much, but I like. I'm so behind now because of that that part of me doesn't even care to go and watch. It happens, it. man. You'll get back into it. Yeah, I hope so. But oh, yeah, in the CW continue continuity of Supergirl, she does leave, and I I guess she does leave after. Cal, it's like yeah like i think the the blast from krypton exploding um which happens you know and so because she is technically cal's and no older cousin. older cousin yeah and she gets knocked into the phantom zone and then somehow spit back out and yeah so that kind of explains why she didn't age yeah but also i mean her parents were extremists too much like how jor-el and and, and laura were so i mean back back on the train of thought that we we're going about um I'm sure other people that were in the higher position saw a lot of the scientists, especially if they all band together, like Jorel said, and none yeah. of them had the balls enough to, to shout out, hey, the planet's getting destroyed, because maybe they were thinking, yeah, they're going to think we're well, crazy. with the first natural birth of a Kryptonian and yeah. the plan to evacuate, I mean, I, I can understand someone not telling their closest relatives, even that much. Yeah. Because it's such a... A heinous act, and it's got to be such a covert mission that you can't risk that. Yeah. You can't risk um, any screw-ups in this plan, and honestly, maybe he shouldn't even have gone to seek out the law council. Maybe he should just, if he was really, you know, he should have went and got for the codex and stole it, and maybe not. Well, maybe he was still trying to just be the the good guy. Maybe maybe that. Doing doing the right thing first separates him from being General yeah, Zod. Maybe they would have supported him. I don't yeah. know. Um, it's interesting. But I think I can understand him not telling, you know, Kara's family anything yeah. about, hey, we're about to send my new boy out into space, so catch you on the flip side. Um, let's see. I don't know if I have... Okay, so... We talked a lot about the Genesis Chamber and how the children are born in the caste system and all that. And we see Jor-El enter 
where the codex is kept. Now, the codex itself is the skull, I'm yes. guessing. So, in this minute, we see the codex itself. Yep. And this is when I really, when I first watched Man of Steel back in 2013, this was the moment where I was like, that is really not what I expected to see yeah. um, him go after. And it kind of reminds me of, like, Prometheus, where it's like, this This is the key, but it's actually really something simple and organic. and But even raises more questions what is this skull who does it belong to mm. why is this the codex um so my first thought researching it now i think because we talked about rao who was their god mm-hmm. and part of me was like is this that guy is that his skull is that the skull of rao who became the codex and is why we have per- perfect kryptonian life now or i mean what are your thoughts? Are you just? Oh yeah, no, I'm on the same page with you. What, what research did you have? I didn't come up with anything, to be honest with you. That was a skull, but I don't know if I looked hard enough. <laughs> I just was like, well, it looked human. I think, so, it yeah. Did, did you get to see who who it belonged to? No, there's no talk. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't find anything about who it was. It was just uh, uh, it contained the genetic info of the entire Kryptonian race. So and I mean, it must have just been ancient. I don't know if this is something that they're going to cover eventually. Maybe. I don't I, yeah, absolutely. Maybe it was. It was. Um, Maybe it was just created to look like a skull. Maybe they, they took the best out of the best of Kryptonian race eons ago after they stopped doing uh, sexual reproduction and they were they kind of just created it into a skull. Like maybe in by the time we get like an actual Man of Steel sequel or at some point they'll actually be like, would you like to know what this codex is all about? Yeah, and if, like, if, if we revisit Krypton, that would be probably really cool. I mean, it kind of almost seems like not it almost seems a waste to just give us you know, the be, first 15 minutes of a movie with, with this amazing planet we talked about earlier um last time or i forget when we talked about it but when we talked about who rao was and like maybe he is a superman maybe it is a normal guy who came to another planet and with their son like he had powers and maybe in the sequel when they do talk about and i mean all speculation of course but when they talk about when they go to talk about um Kal-El about the codex and maybe they do shed light on who the skull belongs to maybe it belonged to like a new god or, yeah. or an old god and that's when some crazy you know metron shit happens it or could. like maybe this is something that they showed us and gave us a tease about and we're gonna forget about it and then later on in a man of steel sequel they're just gonna be like yo that codex way bigger than you think that is that's Rao. He was an old god or a new god, and like it leads into some dark side shit or some Orion shit. And hell yeah, I mean, for right now, my theory is that's Rao. That's what remains of him, and they're using it to, you know, basically make a perfect Krypton. Yep, race. which is what they're doing. But uh, yeah, anything else for this minute? Um, some notes more from the novel as well. Is this? Bop, bop, bop. Did we talk about what's already different between the novel? Um, I think that's in minute eight. Yeah, because this is just him coming up. Yeah, it's in the next minute with with the difference that I saw. But it's some notes from the novel from this minute, which was you know going by minute in the movie, which is what's happening in the novel, obviously. But. Um, just they talked more about the uh the genesis chamber and um a little bit about like how the growth codex was uh was created 
and um, what they do, they 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 abandoned the uh, the unpredictability of sexual reproduction um, because it has so many uh, chances of reckless pairing and random mixing, you know, thus leading to monstrosities such as Doomsday, um, and 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 all the mixing of chromosomes. Um, they they traded that in for in favor of a uh, more orderly and scientific system, and uh, and it allowed them for uh, complete control over each future Kryptonian child's genetic makeup and and uh, and destiny so you know again with the preordained jobs and 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 roles in, in this caste system um but yeah that's that's pretty much uh that was just i was just kind of expansive on on the on the whole uh way that they that they birth these babies <laughs> well i think that's one thing we probably won't see here at all ever like, i don't know like how do you you would have to like, how long has this been going on? Like, when Bertrand's Curse and Doomsday... Yeah. That was a long time ago? Yeah. Or is, is this, like... It can't be recent. It was a, it was in ancient Krypton. So they would have had to already have started this kind of method. And it now, was probably... And now it's I just mean, a way yeah. of life. Well, yeah, here, what I'm kind of basing it off of, there was a going back to comics and especially comics that are actually new in continuity a few months ago there was a comic series from dc that was just uh jla justice league of america and it was um it was only like a like it turned out to just be like a mini series kind of kind of thing because because um one of the the writers was doing other projects and couldn't finish it or something some something weird is this like that. new 52 this is well rebirth? no this, this is this is after rebirth it, it's it started right at the very end of new 52 and it but it wasn't a new 52 branded it was just jla um so what 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 happened was uh was the league had gotten kind of thrown all over the universe and in time and stuff like that and Hal Jordan was Green Lantern at the time and he got sucked into some wormhole and got tele tra- transported back in time to ancient Krypton and the foe that they were fighting was Rao cuz Rao had come to earth and he was you know saying that I'm a prophet I'm was the god of Krypton I can heal you and he was healing all the sick and and killed kind of Jesus style and Superman was like this is crazy. How could this guy be here? This is wow. This is these were these were child stories when I was a kid. Like this this was ridiculous. And uh, what Hal Jordan ended up finding out was that um, Rao was just uh, just a man, and um, he was kind of just like a like a like a prophet kind of deal, kind of just like, like man of the people, just shouting out and saying what everybody wanted to hear. But enough people believed in him that, and he found a way to somehow keep him keep his youth. And uh, people would pretty much give Kryptonians would give their like life energy to him. And it gave him powers, and years and years and years and centuries of doing this, it got him to be what he was. So, before he came along, I assume they were still doing, in ancient Krypton, I assume they were still doing sexual reproduction, normal style. <laughs> and uh, then Rao showed up, so yeah, it might have been like a, hey, this guy healed our sick, and he was our king for centuries, we should you know keep him he's the most perfect krypton kind of deal so so yeah you could it could be his skull for the codex yeah because that makes him sound like he wasn't immortal right you know that he was mortal and maybe like this was his way of saying follow me and i will help your race be perfect and in death in life and then after death he's still doing it yeah absolutely And, and especially if enough kryptonians after the centuries of them doing it like giving up their their energy pretty much giving up their lives for them it was they were he was absorbing it that probably somehow got all of their genetic material in him so in his 
DNA, if you will, like, you know, in his skull or, or whatever, it had the makeup of every single Kryptonian that, that's been. So you, know, you could weed out the, the bad and weed out the good and, and make something pure. I think there's a theory here now. So I'm going to put this theory out. So I'm guessing the general populace doesn't know that Rao was just an ordinary person with powers. Mm-hmm. And they think of him as a god who still exists out there. And it's someone that they pray to, like... Um, oh, thank Rao. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, and that is a saying on Krypton. Like, oh, like, like oh, please help me in, yeah. in this time of need. But the higher-ups, they know, and, and the, I'm going to say the general populace still doesn't know how the birthing chambers work. They don't know about the codex. Well, they know that it's... You know, they refer to things working as, like, like they don't understand how the birthing chamber works because they don't know that that's Rao's skull being used. And, like, that's the general populace. But I think everyone in the higher-ups, like the Law Council, General Zod, and um, Jor-El, they know that Rao's dead and gone. They're just using his skull still, is my theory. Yeah. So, it's like... um here on earth if you were to say that this person that you believe in your religion um died and went to or sacrificed himself and then uh you know raised from the dead and you know uh, ascended as yeah (laughs) ascended and absolved us of all our sins and all that Mm -hmm. um but in reality people like in the united nations are like we have his body and we're just using his dead body to (laughs) you know to cure cancer. Yeah, and it's like, he died, but he had powers, but he yeah. he didn't really go anywhere. He just, we're just using his his body for, uh, man, that's as super, a, as, a, as a weapon. Or, that's conspiracy or, or, right there, yeah. man. All right. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, <laughs> anything <laughs> Sit else? Sit on that for a little bit. Anything else for this minute? I tried that's not, all I got, man. I really tried I not to. I can't, uh, I can't, you know, I can't follow that up. I really tried not to be specific about what I was talking about. <laughs> I was trying to be as abstract about that concept as yeah, possible. Yeah, no, no, I don't think I don't. I didn't. I don't know if I don't. I don't think people understood it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Anything else for this minute? No, no. I think that's all I got. Alrighty. <laughs> well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute, minute number seven, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Here if you on. love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. You can follow us on all social media at DC EU Minute. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check us out. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here and we'll catch you guys on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.